and uh, so uh, uh, we take everything down the very next day, pump back, pack it all up, amen, and, and get ready for the new year, amen, and uh, if you leave yours out till uh, March, it doesn't bother me one bit, amen, but uh, I'm just glad it's gone when it's over, hey, when it's over, it's over, isn't that right? And uh, so let's just move on, amen. Uh, let me just remind you, I thought I'd try to make some of you smile tonight. It's Wednesday night, but uh, don't forget uh, our Bible reading plan uh, for 2024. And uh, they sung that song about knowing him. That's our theme this year, that I may know him, amen. If you're saved, you already know him. But uh, know him, Paul said that I may, Paul knew him, he was saved. But he said that I may know him the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. And so a lot of areas that we can know him and know him deeper in. Uh, but when you pick up one of these Bible reading programs uh, for, or plans for the year, uh, be sure to leave this little piece of paper that's on the inside uh, because it, it just gives you some instructions about that. A little bit different of a plan this year. Uh, it gives you five free days. And so it explains that, and so it helps you out where uh, maybe it's a little difficult sometimes on Sunday to get your reading in, or maybe you just get behind this will help you uh, to finish it up uh, throughout the year. Amen. And so if you look with us in Acts chapter number 4 tonight, and uh, <clears throat> so good to have Brother Chris Simpson with us. Amen. Uh, I know he's a member, but it's still good to have you. And uh, so it takes a little getting used to on your end and ours. Amen. But uh, <clears throat> he's getting ready to start. Uh, heading out on the road preaching, and so do pray for him. He's already been gone some, but uh, got some revivals coming up, so pray for him and all those that work and serve out of the church. Uh, Acts chapter number 4, if you're able to stand with us in reverence to the <coughs> Word of God in prayer. Acts chapter number 4, and let's look at verse number 23. The Bible says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and, and the sea and all that is in that, that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his uh, Christ, for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate uh, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with, that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that <coughs> signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Look at verse number 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of land or houses sold them, and brought, uh, brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and the distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite in the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious Father, 
Lord, as we come in your presence tonight, Lord, once again, we come to the throne of grace and mercy in Jesus' name. And God, we do want to thank you for the privilege that we have to be here tonight. And we pray, God, that you would help us these next few moments that we might preach the word of God with power. We pray, God, that you would give us the, the touch that we so desperately need. And may you be glorified. Speak to every heart and do that that needs to be done. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention here in just a moment to verse number 31. But I want you to notice in Acts chapter 4 tonight that when we look at this, uh, uh, when we look at this epistle here or when we look at this uh, uh, chapter here, uh, we notice several things that is mentioned. If we was to look at the first three verses, we would see the frustration as that we know that the church is flourishing and God is working and souls are being saved, but not everybody is happy about that. The Bible said, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. And so religion has always hated Christianity. Christianity frustrates religion. And we could look at the frustration that takes place in this chapter, but we could also see the multiplication in verse number four, how the Bible says, how be it many of them which heard the word believe, and the number of the men was about 5,000. So 3,000 get saved on the day of Pentecost, and by the time you get two chapters over, now we've got 5,000 that have, been, have come. The church is just flourishing. God is blessing the church. And you can read all throughout the book of Acts. It seems like the more that the devil turns the heat up on the church, uh, it seems like the word of God would just grow and would multiply and God would add his blessings. Uh, and I want to stop and say tonight, the devil cannot stop the church. Amen? Uh, the devil may hinder and he may work against the church, uh, but thank God we are on the winning side tonight. Amen? And so we see the multiplication. If we look at verse five down to verse number 22 uh, we see the interrogation as they take Peter and John in and they threaten them and they interrogate them and they, 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 they warn them not to go out and to preach the gospel anymore but when we get to verse 23 our text tonight down to verse number 30 we'll notice the supplication as the church begins to pray and what we have is one of the prayers of the early church amen and then we could look on at the demonstration and the cooperation and then it closes with the exemplification here by this man by the name of Barnabas but I want you to notice something tonight in verse number 23 I want you to notice Peter and John notice their release the Bible says and being let go now they've been threatened they've been interrogated and now they have been let go but they no longer let go and notice they're reuniting as the Bible said that being let go they went to their own company. I mean, after all the world tried to do, after all religion had said to them, I'm telling you, when they let them go, you know what they do? They hook right back up with the church. Amen? I'm telling you, when you get saved, guess what? You'll hook up with the church. Amen? You'll love the church and you'll want to be a part of the church. And that's what Peter and John did. They hooked up with the church. And so we see they're reuniting. But notice their report in verse 23. It's very important. The Bible said that they reported all that the chief priests and the elders uh, had said unto them. So in other words, it wasn't just to Peter and John that this was said, but this threat was made upon the church. I'm telling you, if the world can threaten the church, they'll surely do it. Amen? They've been doing it from the days that the church was born and nothing has changed. Uh, the world doesn't love the church any more today than what it did then. Re 
religion hates the church. Uh, and if they can back us in a corner, if they can silence us, that's exactly what they'll do. And the report is not just given to Peter and John, but now it has been told to the church. And I want you to notice in verse 24 what this local assembly, after they hear the report, I want you to notice what they do in verse 24. The Bible says, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. I'm going to tell you what the threats and, the, and, and everything that they had to say to the church, you know what it did? It drove them to their knees. It caused them to pray. And in this text tonight from verse 23 down to the end of the chapter in verse 37, I want you to see two things about this church tonight. I want you to sit note number one, how they prayed. And then in verse number 31 throughout the rest of the chapter, I want you to notice when they prayed. I want you to notice how they prayed and then what happened when they prayed. And I want to preach a few minutes this evening on this subject, on the power of a praying church. Amen? The power of a praying church. You see, tonight we need to be a praying church. Amen? And as we close this year out and as we step into a new year, Lord willing, if there's ever been a time when we need to lock, lock arms together and we need to get on our knees and pray one for another, it's the hour in which we're living right now. Friend, this is not a time to give in and give up. It's not a time to roll over and play church or just go through the mechanics of worship. Amen? Now I'm telling you, we need to keep it fiery hot. Can I get a witness right there? We need to stay on our knees uh, and we need to stay in touch with God uh, and we don't need to just pray as individuals uh, but we as a church collectively tonight, uh, we need to be have the power uh, that God has promised us uh, and we need to be a praying people. Amen. I wonder tonight how many of us and I'm not shaming as I'm just preaching tonight. I wonder how many of us has a personal prayer life tonight. Now, while I'll tell you, there's never been a day that I felt like I've prayed enough. The importance of a personal prayer life, there is no substitute for that this morning, this evening. And I notice how that they prayed in these verses. Notice in verse number 24, after they have been threatened, after they have been promised persecution, they go to God. And it is interesting in verse 24 that when they heard that, notice the Bible said did not say that they lifted up their voices to God, but it said they lift up their voice to God. Amen? In other words, I can pray and you can pray. I mean, I can pray at my house and you can pray at your house. But when the church comes together and when the church prays together I may be saying one thing and you may be saying another but together you know what we have when we pray together we have a voice amen we are the bride of Christ can I get a witness right there and when God looks down he sees the bride he sees his son bride his son's bride to be we are that bride amen and there is strength in number and that's why we need to pray together amen I notice here in this text that they prayed with security. The Bible said in verse 24 that they lifted their voice to God with one accord and they said, Lord, thou art God which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them is. I mean with the threats and with everything glooming over this church, they did not pray. Listen, in weakness, they did not pray in doubt, but they had a deep settled security that no man could control what was taking place. 
that the God that controlled the heavens and the God that made the heavens and the God that made the earth and the God that made the sea is the same God that was working on their behalf. I want to tell you tonight, I'm glad. The same God that was working for these early saints is the same God that's working for you and he's working for me. The same God that was working for this local assembly is working for this local assembly tonight. He has not changed. Hallelujah. We ought to pray with security, amen? They prayed with security, and then I noticed they prayed scripturally, amen? Look at verse 25 and 26. The Bible said, who by the mouth of thy servant David, this is Psalms chapter two. He said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood against against the Lord and against the Christ. Uh, Now think about this. Uh, They're praying the word of God. They're praying the scriptures. They go back to Psalms chapter two and what David said. And while prophetically it was speaking about the Lord's anointed uh, and they were looking past, uh, uh, looking back at the history uh, that would have been future in David's sense. uh, uh, But also there is another day, we know, uh, when they're going to gather them together. The kings and the rulers of this earth uh, are coming together and they're going to go against the Lord's anointed. Uh, We know it's not Calvary. We know it to be Armageddon. Amen. Uh, Can I tell you something? Uh, Victory was won at Calvary. Uh, My friend, they prayed from victory. Uh, we're praying from victory and victory's going to be won when the king comes again. Amen. And brother, they prayed the word of God. Uh, and you and I tonight ought to pray scriptural prayers. Amen. You know, the psalmist said this. He said, Lord, set a watch before my lips. He also said, open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things in thy law. These are good prayers to be prayed. Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? You say, Brother I don't, brother Gravely, I don't really know what to say when I get down to pray sometimes. Sometimes I don't either. And when I don't know, I'll tell you what will always work is pray the word of God. Amen? I'm telling you, if you'll just pray this book. Amen? This book will always get the job done. And the word of God in prayer go hand in glove. And they prayed scripturally. And they prayed with security. But then I noticed in verse 27, they prayed specifically. Amen? They said, for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. You notice their prayer was specific. You know, that's why it's important that you have a prayer journal, that you you have a prayer list. You can't write everything down, but you all write down everything the Holy Spirit tells you to write down. And it's important, I understand, to have more of a prayer life than a prayer list, but it's got to start somewhere. I don't think there's no sin in deviating from the list uh, when God leads you that way, but uh, day in and day out sometimes, uh, uh, listen, we'll have conversation, we'll have prayers with God, uh, but then also uh, we ought to have a direction. We ought to have an avenue in our prayer life in which we're going, amen? And when we let, write down the people that God is and the things that God has placed upon our heart, what it does is it keeps us from just, you know, kind of just messing around in prayer, just, just kind of praying with no direction whatsoever. I'll tell you, when you write something down, uh, then you know where you're going, amen? And it's okay if the Holy Spirit leads you in a different direction, but put it on paper. I mean, have a direction, have an avenue in which your prayers are are being directed. Pray specifically, amen? You want specific answers? Then we pray specific prayers. 
And then I noticed they prayed with submission. Look at verse number 28. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. You know, that's how as a church we pray. We pray about things. We pray for people. We pray about situations. But at the end of the day, and and more importantly, at the end of the prayer, it's always good to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. They prayed with submission. They prayed for strength. Look at verse number 29. The Bible says, And now, Lord, behold, their threatenings and grant unto thy servants with all boldness, they may speak the word, thy word. So they prayed for strength. And you know, these people were not, were not super men and super women. They, they, they were subject to like passions as we are, just like Elijah was. But in prayer is where they found their strength. And they asked God for the things that they were lacking. You know, you may be here tonight and say, I lack boldness and, and I lack that strength. Then pray for that boldness. Amen. Pray for holy boldness. Holy boldness will always come with a balance and it'll come with a heart of compassion and it'll come with a spirit of grace upon it to be able to take the right stand in the right way with the right spirit. And that's what they're praying for. They're praying that God would give them boldness to stand in the face of adversity. Hey, we're living in a time of adversity. And if we're going to make it, we're going to have to pray for that same boldness. Lord, give us that power. Give us that wisdom. Give us that boldness. Give us the right words to say. I'm telling you, they prayed for strength. Do you ask God to strengthen your spiritual man? Then I noticed they prayed sincerely. They said, by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. You know what I see there in that prayer? We know that Acts is a transitional book and we know that, uh, that God was, <clears throat> that I don't think I have to do a, a doctrinal study tonight on why they were praying about healing and, and signs and wonders. Amen. The word of God had not yet been completed and God was giving apostolic power. Amen. We know all that stuff tonight. We understand that. But what the principle of the text I want you to see is that their prayers was not centered around them but by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. They weren't magnifying the gifts. They weren't magnifying the the, the healing. They weren't magnifying the miracles. It was magnifying Christ. And in our personal prayer life, you know what prayer needs to be centered around? Not me and not my needs and not my, my situations. And although there's nothing wrong with praying those things, but a sincere prayer is that when we pray, but everything centers around Christ, uh, it's about Him. Amen. It's not about me. But thank God it is about Him. That's the good thing about prayer. It'll flush the flesh out. Amen. I'm telling you, if you stay in prayer long enough, uh, uh, God uh, will let us see ourselves for who we really are. And if you start out praying in the flesh and you don't feel like you've got through, just pray on. Just keep on praying. Amen. And we find that the early church here, we note how they prayed. Amen. But look at verse 31. The Bible says, and when they had prayed. I want you to note not only how they prayed, but now I want you to see when they prayed. The power of a praying church. Uh, what's the importance of that? Notice some things and we'll be done tonight. Number one, I want you to see that there was unity. 
The Bible said in verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness, amen. And verse number 32, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. You notice in this text here that when they prayed, the Bible says that they were of one heart and of one soul. We see the place was shaken. We see the power was of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We see here the plainness that they spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. But what came when that prayer meeting was over with is that those saints were even more unified when they finished than they were when they started. You know, persecution tonight can bring division. Threats, interrogation, all the things that were leading up to to the report, the report that was that Peter and John gave could have very easily it could have it could have uh, fractured this this group of uh, this local group of people here because some of them could have said, "Well, I, I'm not going to stand that. I can't I can't withstand that kind of pressure. I, I can't I can't be a part of this." Uh, but when they prayed together, I'm telling you, there was strength. Uh, it brought unity. Hey, you know why a lot of churches have division? Uh, it's because they don't pray. Amen. And I want you to notice that prayer brings unity. Look at the size of of the unity. The Bible says, and the multitude of them. Amen. It wasn't just one or two of them that was unified. I'm telling you, when they started praying together, it brought everybody together. It's important to take a church directory. It only takes 12 to 15 minutes and go through it and pray. If you'll do that, if I'll do that, if we'll all do that, guess what? You can't stay mad at people you pray for. You can't talk about people that you pray for. You can't be bitter at people. You may be bitter at them, but if you'll pray for them every day, I don't care, I don't care how bad they've been to you. You're either going to quit praying for them or you're going to have to get over it. The Holy Ghost will help you. And all the nasty things that you, would, you and I would say to other people about them, we'll probably wind up saying to the Lord in prayer. And he'll clean us out. The size of this unity, the multitude. You know, in a church, it only takes one or two people to disrupt a church. Can I get a witness right there? I mean, you take one or two people, get aggravated and get mad. They may not even say anything to anybody, but if they just come and sit and soul in a service, doesn't it tighten the service up? I mean, all they got to do is sit around and just, just saw the whole service and, and, and you know, just not be involved and just be, and you know, you take a youth group, it only takes one or two young people just sitting around sawing and, and saying, well, nobody likes me and nobody loves me and I feel sorry for myself. I think I'll get a can of worms and go out back and, and sit down and eat worms. Amen. You don't know what I'm talking about. It just kind of, it just kind of create just one or two. But the prayer of a the power of a praying church is that it unifies people. You know why some people leave a church over time? Some get out in sin, but some just never do connect. They can't connect. They they never been saved. The size, the source. You say, where do you see that in this text? Look, and the multitude of notices that believe. That's that's the key thing right there. 
Now, you can be a part of a, of a praying church and you can even show up for prayer meeting, but, but if you don't believe, amen, if you're not a believer, you're always going to be on the outside looking in, amen, and you're always going to be, you, I mean, you can join the choir and sing, but if you're not saved, if you're not a believer, you're missing the main source, amen. You can come to the altar when everybody prays, but you're missing the main source. What drew them together, the common denominator was Jesus Christ, and when they prayed, they were talking to the same Father. They were sealed with the same Spirit. They were going to the same heaven. Thank God they were born of the same book. They had the same faith. I want to tell you tonight, evidence of salvation that you believe then is that you still believe now. Amen. Flame may flicker, but thank God the fire never goes out. The source of the unity, it brings you the strength of this unity. Notice uh, the Bible says here that they were of one heart and of one soul. I want you to see tonight the power of a praying church is that it not it doesn't bring unity just on the outside, but it brings it on the inside. Y'all still with me tonight, aren't you? You know, I think it's good for a church to know the pastor's heart and to be unified with that. And it's good for the pastor to know the heart of the people and be unified. You take somebody that's, they've got a different, you know, they got a different agenda. It'll bring division in a church. You know, we stand together. Are y'all with me on that? We do that for a reason, for the cause of Christ. And, to, you know, when we pray, it, God, He knits our hearts through prayer. You stop praying for your Sunday school teacher, after a while the devil will say, you know, he's not really that good of a Sunday school teacher. You're not really getting anything out of Sunday school. But when you pray for that teacher, you come ready to listen. You pray for, for, for the pastor. You pray for the deacons. You, you pray for the membership. Why? Because it builds unity in here. I think you'll agree with me tonight. If we don't have unity in here, we won't have it nowhere else. Amen. We'll just kind of fake it. Just You've seen that hypocrite. Just get along, smile, but go out the door, get in the car, start down the road, and you don't even get a mile down the road. And instead of talking about what you enjoyed out of the service, what blessed you in the service, what was good in the service, uh, you'll find something negative. Uh, I'm going to tell you tonight, I don't know of anything negative that's happened thus far in the service uh, or even uh, amongst us tonight. But if something negative happened from here to the door, I would be far better tonight to look on the goodness of God in my life that he let me come to church he let me be in the house of God he let me be with the saints tonight he put us in a good place he gave us a King James Bible and Jesus lives in our heart we live in the greatest country on planet earth we came in freedom tonight we didn't walk in the cold we didn't ride a donkey we didn't ride in a wagon thank God we rode in a, in a, 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 a climate controlled vehicle a comfortable vehicle I'm telling you God been so good to us there's not any reason on planet planet earth why I should ever complain about anything I'm telling you I'm glad I'm not a part of the Masonic Lodge I'm not a part of the Mooses and the Gooses but thank God I am a part of the church amen isn't it good to be in the family of God isn't it good to be in the church and I thank God for the unity in the church tonight just loving people getting along with people for the work of God the strength the the spirit of this unity. Notice the Bible says here that 
In verse number 32, that neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed, notice this, was his own. But they had all things common. You want to notice right there that they didn't claim anything was their own. In other words, none of it when it came to the church was about them. It was all about Christ. It brings unity. Secondly, it brought their unction. Notice the power of a praying church brings unity, but it brings, there was unction. Look at verse number 33 here. Notice this unction was great and with great power. There's that unction. Notice that it was given, gave the apostles witness. Notice here that it was of God, of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and that it was with grace, great grace was upon them all. You notice the unction here of the church praise in these early verses and then when they finished praying in verse number 31, they're brought together. That prayer meeting gave them unity and with that unity came unction. The power of God came upon the church. You say, Brother Gravely, why do we need unity always in our church? Why is that so important that I'm Make sure I do everything and that you make every sure you do everything to keep unity in a church because that's where the power's out, friend. Uh, my friend, listen, if we let division or anything else like that come in the church, uh, we'll shorten out the power of God. Uh, we may still sing the songs. We may still have the services, uh, but there'll be no power if there's division. Amen? And I've seen God many times uh, move and, and work in ways uh, so that his power could be put on display. There was unction. We need unction in 2024, don't we? Notice in verse 34, there was understanding. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and bought the, brought the prices of the things that were sold. You know, there was an understanding of the church. And what I see in verse 34 is that they were satisfied. Not with the things of this world, but they were satisfied with Christ. They were satisfied with a church, a place to worship. I noticed they were sacrificing, that they were sharing, that no one lacked anything, that they were willing to take what they had and help another. And tonight, when you think about the understanding, the principle of this text tonight is that in a church, there has to be that kind of understanding that a church is not a business. It's not an organization. A church is not run like a business. It's not run like an organization. I'm telling you, God brings it in and it goes out. And you give and I give and we all give collectively. And when our offering goes into that offering play, it doesn't bear my identity. It doesn't bear your identity. I mean, we may write a check and we may toss it in but it loses its identity the very moment that it passes by and it no longer is mine but thank God it becomes a part of the church amen and when the church helps others and when the church does things uh, guess what God gets the glory amen Uh, the church gets the recognition and everyone who gave uh, thank God we get the reward amen Uh, but I'm telling you it takes me out of the equation it takes you out of the equation uh, and it puts it all on I always find this a little bit comical and it probably shouldn't be but sometimes the pastor will in churches you'll go into church and he'll take an offering up he'll say we're going to take an offering up for the evangelist and they'll take an offering up and not all the time but sometimes you'll have somebody they won't put their offering in the offering plate they want to come up and hand it to you personally 
Now, maybe they have a sincere motive. I, I don't know, but y'all are more spiritual than I am tonight, I can tell. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what runs through my mind, and then you pray for me. What runs through my mind is why, why didn't you just put an offering plate? They come up and they shake your hand and they, I want to give you something. Why don't put an offering plate like the pastor said? I'm going to tell you. Do you all know why, don't you? They want that left hand to know what that right hand was doing. Now, I'm not saying tonight if God laid something on your heart, Brother Simpson's here tonight, God laid something on your heart, you want to go up and give him an offering. I'm not saying that's wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. That's an individual. But, but if we was ta- having revival this week, we was taking an offering up for the evangelist, I'm just going to put an offering plate. You say, why is that? Because it's the church. It's not, it's not Brother Gravely giving an offering. I'm putting an offering in the plate collectively, but it's the church. It, it's the bride. It, it's God's church giving as a whole, and God gets more glory out of that if I can just fade out of the picture and, and not be seen. Amen. God gets the glory, but He's not going to forget any of us. Amen. I tell you, it doesn't matter if you gave a dollar or a hundred dollars. If it was as much a sacrifice, one dollar, as it was a hundred dollars, guess what? If you gave it with the right motive and you gave it for the glory of God, listen, that person that gave more. Lord's not getting a bigger reward. God will be as good to you. I'm telling you, a little kid come up to me before church and showed me about 85 cents. I said, what are you going to do that? I said, I'm going to put it in an offering. Guess what? God had blessed that 85 cents just like it was $85,000. Amen. You know why? Because he's giving it out of a sincere heart. I'm telling you, that's how good God is. What an investment when it comes to putting something in the offering plate. Amen. We're just investing is all we're doing. They understand. I think it's good to have that understanding. And then finally, let me say this in closing tonight. There was the unusual. Look at verse 35. And they laid them down at the apostles' feet, and the distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Now notice here that there was unusual giving. There was an unusual giver in verse 36. Barnabas, the son of consolation, he was with Paul. He accompanied him on his first missionary journey. And then there was this unusual gift Verse 37, having land, he sold it, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. What do you gather from these verses? I think the principle of these three verses is this, is that number one, they gave sacrificially. Number two, they gave all. I'm not telling you tonight to go home and sell everything you got and bring it to the church. But tonight we understand that when it comes to giving, we're to give sacrificially and we're to give all. My all and your all would be different. But we're to give all that God wants us to give. You know, giving can be challenging, but when you pray, it's easier to sacrifice and give all. Tonight, as they get us a song ready as we stand, the power. You know, I, in 2024, if God lets us see that year, I don't want us to just exist we don't want to just have a good church we need to be a powerful church the only way to have power it won't be in programs it won't be in events and it won't be in even the work of our own hands the power comes through prayer the power maybe we may see the power of God but we won't see you won't see me praying I won't see you praying 
But if we'll pay the price, there's no telling what God could do this year. Across this congregation, every one of us have needs tonight. We could go around this room. You have physical needs. Someone you're praying for physically for God to touch them. Maybe there's someone you're praying for to be saved tonight. We all have needs across this building. And what that tells me is this. I need you to pray for me. And you need me to pray for you. We need to pray one for another. Pray one for another. Get a, get a directory and go through it and call those names out. Learn every child's name. Learn every, every individual's name. and Pray for them. And then somebody will pray for you. And God will bless you for that. Father, bless this invitation.